there, this is Katie Newman with the Total Wellness Collaborative. Welcome back, thanks for tuning in. Um, just a reminder, our Total Wellness vision for our collaborative is mobilizing the community of Forsyth to support the growth and success of all learners to lead a balanced and successful life. Whatever that means to you, we're just glad that you're tuning in. I'm here today with Tracy Smith, who's a principal here in our community. And I've worked with her for a long time. She's just got a lot of knowledge and wisdom working with families. And I just feel like you've kind of seen it all. Um, she's got a great story. So thanks for coming, Tracy. I am so excited to be here. So Tracy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I have worked in Forsyth County for 19 years of the 22 years that I have been in education. So I like to call Forsyth County home. I moved here um, got married here, started as a teacher, and worked my way up into a principalship, and now have a 13-year-old who is in the eighth grade and a nine-year-old who is in the fourth grade. So I am at that edge of almost having a high schooler, which I'm slightly <laughs> freaking out about, and then also realizing that the elementary years are coming to an end for me. Yeah, is that bittersweet for you? Because you it, are elementary school principal. It is bittersweet, and it's it's nice in that I've gotten to be a parent along with a principal in the journey that we all go on. And I think that's helped me sometimes to look things um, in the view of a parent as well as the principalship. But it's, it's kind of bittersweet in that I know that in a few short years, We'll be looking at college and high school again. Wow. Well, Tracy, one of my favorite things I've heard you say with, with families is you have, say, look, let me just kind of lend my ego to you a little bit and share with you like about my, you know, my struggles, not airing your laundry, your dirty laundry too much. But I think that's really helped families see and teachers have seen that you kind of give this authenticity when you're working with them that brings people to an ease where you're able to connect. Can you kind of share where that comes from? So, well, part of that is because um, life happens to everybody and nobody is exempt from that. And um, life is harder than we sometimes think it's going to be. When I look at um, my life with my husband, we've been married for 18 years. And in that we've had medical diagnosis, you know, we've had colon cancer, we've had, um, autoimmune you know issues that have crept up we've had job losses and he's in the IT world so if you're in IT you know that um, that jobs come and they go sometimes quickly and sometimes overnight so you know we've experienced life along with with our families and I've always told my teachers that everybody has a story and everybody's coming at you with a story so if there's an issue with a, um, a child in your classroom it's our job to partner with them in their journey of raising their kids. And it helps when you have life and you've had some of those struggles and you know that everybody puts their pants on the same way in the morning and we're all just trying to do the very best we can. Yeah, so thank you for that. And, and when, when we were talking a little bit earlier, um, we were talking about kind of trends in the schools, kind of leaning more toward that way, almost like, it's okay to have a little bit of vulnerability and be able to kind of need an adult timeout. Um, but you had talked a little bit about how you in, engage with your staff and kind of help them grow in their personal wellness because that would benefit their classroom. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So in education, you know, we've been talking about social emotional learning for a really long time. 
and we always focus on the kids. And our kids are coming to us with lots of different things, lots of different needs, whether it's um, those emotional needs where they are feeling stress, whether it's some kind of trauma that your family has experienced. And we talk with our families about, you know, trauma can be a divorce. It can be the death of a grandparent. Um, it could be the loss of a job in the family and kids, kids get that when we as parents are going through a hard time, kids feel that also, and that can cause issues that creep back into the classroom. And we've always focused so much on how do we help the kids? How do we help the kids? But now things are trending to how do we help the people who are helping the kids? Because teachers are they are the boots on the ground. They are the ones that create those deep relationships with kids every day. They are the ones that know that your child comes in in the morning and is super quiet for a little while or that your child comes in super bouncy and what they need to get regulated for the day. They are the ones who lose sleep at night over mm, kids. They are sure. the ones who stay up, you know, trying to create amazing opportunities for learning for them. And I've watched teachers slowly over the years get more tired and more tired, and it's because they aren't taking care of themselves. We, we use the word reset. Um, I just used it this morning with a, with a teacher who came in and she almost was in crisis herself because one of her students was in crisis. And while I was helping her and just lending an ear to help her process what she was doing and how she handled it, and help her reflect on the situation, I also wanted to help her de-escalate her own emotions so that she could realize that she needed to pour back into her own heart and kind of fill her own bucket so that it's not empty. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what we're seeing with teachers is that they give and give and give so much, um, both with their physical time and their mental time, but also with their emotional time. And I've and I've kind of under, like been hearing that too that teachers feel like they give to their students, but when they get home, they don't have anything left to give to their families, and their families go to school here in Forsyth County usually. Yes, and so it's like a it's like a it's cycle. It's a cycle, and and we do it too. You know, as moms, Absolutely. you know, I've got to get home by a certain amount of time so I can get dinner because we've got lacrosse games and you know, we've got to get this and we've got to get that. And as moms, especially as women, we tend to stuff our emotions down because we've got to be there for everybody else. Right. The caregiver, right. The caregiver, because, you know, the husband's coming in or if you're a single mom, it's all on your own shoulders or, you know, your husband travels a lot or you may be the husband and it's your wife, you know, that, that needs you and, and your kids, you've got homework, you've got sports, you've got activities, um, there's so much, and it's not slowing down. And I know we, talk, we talked earlier, too, about um, the temperament of a teacher or somebody in the caregiving profession is usually naturally more empathetic. They're caring. They're the caregiver. They're like, the caregiver. They're the uh, giver, the helper. Right. And so when we look at that and the caregivers, how do you help teachers understand, and even parents, because I know you've had some great dialogue with parents, and you're very available to your parents here at the school but how do you tell them when to shut the gate and like to take care of themselves without like offending them or without kind of telling them what to do because it's kind of like well wait that's my personal life you're into miss smith you know like how do you balance that um a lot of it is just listening you know people will come to their own conclusions 
um, I, I do this a lot. I'll call someone at the county office and just say, hey, I need to run something past you. And it's not even that I need for them to tell me what to do because in my heart I already know what to do. It's that I need them to listen so that I can say, okay, I know what to, I know what I need to do. And so it's the same when you go to a teacher, um, especially if you hear or you see something in the school and you or you know that a teacher is going through something or they've got a really tough situation in a class that's going on or this is October, so this is a really heavy time for us as educators because we've got parent conferences, report cards, we're ending a grading period. Um, being aware of how your teachers are feeling and just listening to them and then asking guiding questions. Um, we also use something called a reset and you know, the same way that we teach kids to take a reset themselves and sometimes that could be just taking a moment, sometimes that could be taking a walk, we talk about that as a staff as well, in that we need to be able to breathe and be at our best selves so that we can be the best for the kids in our school. Yeah, and how do you, um, how do you then take that, or how do the teachers take that back into the classroom to their students, and then how, how did the students then use that to kind of help themselves. So when a teacher's cup is full, it's that whole um, theory that, you know, when you do something kind for someone, they will then go and in turn do something for someone else. Sure. Because you're feeling, you're feeling someone else's pay it else forward, pay right? Forward, you're yeah. filling their bucket. Okay. And back to the whole thing of us as caregivers, we give and give and give, but nobody's filling our bucket. We've started something here called the Nurtured Heart Approach this year. It was developed by um, Howard Glasser, who is a psychiatrist, about 30 years ago. And we started with something very simple, and it's an appreciation. This appreciation, we started it with our staff. We do it with each other, and we do it with our kids. And it's taken on so much that now kids are doing with each other, and kids are doing it with teachers. Oh, that's awesome. And so it's so, so very simple. It's three steps. You can do this easily, and I, I challenge you to go home and do this with your family Okay. and see how it changes things. It's, I notice or I see. Then it's, um, this tells me. And the last, the third step is, this is important because. So it may be that if you are at home and you're cooking dinner and you ask your child to help you empty the dishwasher and they don't give you any lip about it, because I don't know, in my house, I get like a shrug or I get like, oh, I didn't hear you. But, <laughs> right, all the excuses. But, right? But if they go and they do it, then you immediately say, oh, my goodness, I noticed that you walked right over to the dishwasher and started unloading the dishes. This tells me that you are helping so much with this family, and it helps me as the mom of this family. And that's important because together we're going to enjoy this amazing meal, but we're going to need to unload the di or load the dishwasher in a little bit, and that's going to make it easier for us to get get to our bedtime routines, you know, or whatever just pops yeah. into your heart at that moment. And and while you're doing it, look at the person's eyes, and just notice how they stand up a little bit more, or how they are looking at you. Probably like, are you okay? You know, <laughs> like, why are you doing this, mom? Why or, are you doing this, dad? And my little still say, mom, are you nurturing my heart again? But you know, we make a joke out of it. Or I'll even say, all right, I need somebody to nurture my heart tonight. But we've done that as a staff also. And so when we see somebody, and it's it started out as a joke, 
but it's continued because it's working in that when we see somebody um, coming down the hall of like, hey, I saw you high-fiving your kids earlier today, and that tells me that you're working on relationships first, and that's so important because you're going to get to the rigor and you're going to get to the standards because those kids know that you care about them. And when, when I do this or another teacher does this for someone else, yeah. you can see their bucket filling up in their heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really can see it. And they stand up straighter and they may high-five you. And they then go and pour that into someone else. And it slowly creates a culture in your school where everybody is for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And then they can go and turn and do that in their classrooms. Right. And I like how you even transition, too, to challenge everybody to do it who's listening like, I, and let me see if I remember, I notice. Yes. <laughs> right. So whatever it is that you notice. Every notice. And it could be I notice you helping. I notice you, you know. Um, um, so here, the, the biggest thing that, that changed it for me in the mornings is because we have to leave at a certain time every morning to get here on time. And getting a nine-year-old who does not do mornings out of the bed is not easy. And yelling is like usually the go-to, right? Well, I mean, and like, I'm like, I am like, the principal. I can't be late. I, I am the principal. I can't be late. Right. And so it just wasn't working for us. And so I started flipping it and was like, you know, hey, Josie, I see that you are, you know, you're sitting on top of your bed. Thank you so much. That tells me that you're about to go put on your socks. And that's important because we only have five more minutes before we need to be in the car. And that is so much better than I need you to get it right now, young lady. I am so tired of this. We cannot be late. We're late every day. Think about the difference in the way that you've started out her day and my day. Right, because how much guilt do we have as parents after we drop our child off at daycare or school or get them on the bus and we've yelled or we've been frustrated or short-tempered or irritable. Yes. And then that, and if we feel that guilt and shame, that's going to carry on to our classroom when we're high-fiving our kids, but we just left our house. And I just put a hole in my own child's heart (laughs) because I'm like, get out of bed. Right, right. So, you know, even if you, you know, starting it with my own kids in the morning has totally changed our routine um now it's still hard but it's way more positive now remind us of then the second step i notice i notice the second step is this tells me this tells me this tells me and that is that's better than a like a great job because that's kind of an empty praise Mm -hmm. so you know i notice that you're sitting up in bed this tells me that you're you're starting to get up and start to move. And that's almost that motivational leading, Ooh, leading like, the oh, next she's going to give me more positive energy if I keep okay, going. Okay, okay. And so that's a third step of this is important because. And you know what? If you can't remember three steps, just start with, oh, my goodness, I see or I, I notice. See or I notice. And, hey, that's awesome because. Like, and if you can't remember me, three things, yeah, yeah. And then if you can that's add in important. that this tells me, you know, start start with one. Mm-hmm. You know, then add in the second one and then add in the third one if you can mm-hmm. and see how it changes things for your own family. That's a great idea. And I know that a lot of our parents, I mean, even just us as like in the field, sometimes we can't, we sometimes can't see what we do in our own lives because it's our own life, right? Right. It's like even as a, like a social worker, I've, I've preached things to other people, but it's been hard for me to do because I feel like I'm almost above that because I already know how to do it, but then I don't follow through. And then there's that guilt that, and shame that comes with rearing your kids when you're in a related field, right? Oh, for sure. I can sit in front of a parent and tell them all kinds of great parenting things, but then I will fuss at my own kids and, and not praise the positives, but I will, I will, you know, I will pick out every negative every single time. And I've just told a parent not to do that. 
That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and everything that you've done. Is there anything, any questions that I didn't ask that you kind of wish I had? I know we've gone through this really quickly on how you've implementing, like implementing the caregiver strategy, the nurturing heart to the teachers and to the families um, into the classroom. Um, no, I would just say that if you are a teacher or if you are a parent, um, just continue to partner with your school and to just do the very best job that you can. And then there's some, there's some almost self-compassion there too that you kind of give your staff like, look, this is a working progress. Like you're going to make mistakes, right? Well, and, and that is one thing that, you know, and as I say that, you know, life happens to everybody, you start to look at it as an adventure and a journey. And along the journey, my mom always talked about the spokes in your wheel. And, and through life, you know, well, hey, she'll, when my husband was diagnosed with cancer, hey, this is a spoke in your wheel. Like, this isn't the end. This is the journey that you're going to take. And even though you don't know how it will end, it's what you do along that journey. And, you know, with a 13-year-old and a 9-year-old now, this is my journey to this point. And then we have the next part of the journey. Everybody is on a journey. And, and really, if we can look at each other and, and start to realize what is the story that comes with that journey and where are people coming from in that and start to, to really find out more, then together we really can do amazing things when we partner as a team with the school and the community. Absolutely. And it's almost like when we look at um, how, we, how we help others, it's okay to to give yourself that self-compassion when you're working through that and we maybe do we may do well in one area like we may do well morning routines for like a month but then we need to focus on something else for a while and it's okay to ebb and flow but keep try to keep that consistent nurturing heart principle throughout the day or throughout the um you know your your journey, like you said, and like, and when things come up, look at it as almost like, okay, I'm choosing to view this as I spoke in my wheel. Yes. Rather than, rather than, oh, I have to do this. I should do this. I this need is the to, worst thing. This is the worst this thing. It's all of like, okay, what are we going to do with this now? You know, this is the situation. This, you know, okay, so your company's closing tomorrow. Okay. So, you know, what opportunity now? are we going to look for? You know, how are we going to grow from this? What are we learning from it? And, you know, what can we celebrate from it? You know, even though it's, it's not what you choose, it's not what you, you would have picked, you know, but how can you use it to, to move forward, to continue to move forward? And, and thinking about that end goal of, you know, I always think like that my mom had this little towel in her house that said, you know, when I, when I get to the end of my life, you know, I don't want to be all nice and polished. I want to slide into third base, <laughs> you know, with skint knees, you know, it's like dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Really, you know, it really hit it hard. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, man, that was a great life. Sure. Look how we use this piece of that time, you know, for good or how we grew from it or how we then, you know, like we then can now go talk to other people, you know, who are cancer survivors or who have been through something similar. Or even for me, when a, you know, a family comes in and, and there's, you know, so-and-so lost his job, I'm like, dude, been there a couple of times, you know, husband's in IT, that's what happens. You know, 
how how we can help other people through our circumstances too. Yeah, and connect and, and using that information and as a way to support and encourage each other. Oh, for sure. So, for well, sure. thank you, Tracy. And thanks, thank you guys Katie. for tuning in. We'd like to say thanks for our collaborative agencies and to United Way of Forsyth County for helping sponsor the podcast. Visit us at www.forsyth.k12.ga.us slash student support. The views in this forum are from the individuals of the panel and are used for community discussion purposes. To view Forsyth County Schools disclaimer, go to www.forsyth.k12.ga.us slash disclaimer.